Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. What happens when you're bringing up a child in a foreign language? You want them to be fluent and able to communicate in the country they're growing up in, but you also don't want them to lose the language and culture of their ancestry. Tia Moha'e is a GP, mum of one, and founder of Lasika Rights. It's a portal for parents bringing up children in a bilingual family. Hi, Tia. How are you? Good. How are you going, Siobhan? Good, thank you. So what is your cultural background? I was born and raised in Botswana, which is a little country in southern Africa. And yes. and when you, it comes to your son, Lusika, um, what is it you want most for him when it comes to your culture and keeping that alive? Well, it's very difficult to keep that alive living in Australia. He's um, basically African-Australian. And um, it becomes really t- difficult to try and keep the culture alive when we have a different culture to acclimatize to living in Australia. So the aim or what I hope for him is to still kind of know his roots, his heritage, and be able to go home and, uh, and understand um, the, you know, the everyday communication and culture that's going on um, with his grandparents and his cousins who are still in Botswana. Yep. And can you explain what language means to you as his mother? You just talked about you want him to be able to communicate when he goes home. You mm-hmm. want him to retain those connections that way. Does yeah. language have any other meaning than that for you as his mum? Um. Well, language is important in as part of your identity. I think it, even in the household, my husband and I are fluent in both English and Sotswana, which is the local language from Botswana. And um, given that his childcare tutors and everyone around him speaks English, he just laughs at us when he's listening to us speaking in what we call vernacular. So it's part of his identity as someone who's chocolate flavored to have some sort of background to who he is and know that it, it kind of tethers him. It's like the umbilical cord to home. And therefore, it's important in, in all aspects of who he, he will eventually be. Yeah. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Tia Mohae. She's a GP and founder of Lasika Rights, which is basically a portal helping parents bring children up in a bilingual family. Um, Tia... There are lots of different cultures in Australia, and I imagine there are quite a few um, different books approaching bilingualism. Why did you set up this website? Were you looking for resources and couldn't find them for your own country? Yeah, so there are a lot of um, cultures, as you said. Australia is very multicultural. But actually, when you're trying to raise a chocolate-flavoured child and going into the library, a lot of foreign books or books that cater to the multilingual population are very Eurocentric or Asian-centric. So you'll find that they're Italian, there's French, there's Greek, there's Vietnamese, but not really much from the continent of Africa. And if you find those, they're usually from Somalia, and there's only a book here and there. So with that, I thought instead of complaining about it, I might as well start one 
so that you know um, other people who face this dilemma as you know uh, as I was having a little baby would would have resources already there and not just always come to a a head when there's nothing else to offer their kid yeah and what's the have you had much feedback from uh, people in the community who've needed these resources yeah, I've had um, I've had much a lot of feedback actually. Um, our friends, so we have there's a community of people from Botswana. They have uh, liked what I've you know um, I've embarked on. It's a big challenge, as as you said, I'm a GP, so this is a completely different hat <laughs> to what I would do in my everyday life. But um, and I've had a lot of suggestions from other people who feel like their language is not. Um, catered to, um, but obviously trying to cater to all those people would probably need me to win the lotto, and that that quite <laughs> that hasn't quite happened yet. So for now, I'm catering to what I know and what my so I'm going with with the stages where my son is, and eventually I think the lotto gods will hear me, and then we'll have a lot more Afrocentric books available in the library. Now this website it has books with animals, etc., and, and language for that. You also have posters pointing out um, different parts of a child's body, their eyes, their ears, etc. Talk to me about the posters and why it's important to have that representation for your children. Yeah, so I, I look at what kids use and the resources that are supplied in childcare and in just general life as the mirrors with which they see the world. So when, you, when I went around um, as a mom to a kid who has an afro or who has um, friends who have daughters who have cornrows and their chocolate in appearance and trying to get birthday presents or baby shower gifts to cater and have the the kid who's growing up being able to see themselves in in their resources, I kept up coming with blanks. So I figured, you know what, <laughs> try try and just you know have bilingual posters, but even just monolingual English posters. It would be nice to see them hanging in a childcare centre or in a library, so that kids who are not Eurocentric in appearance, can see themselves somewhere at least. Because when I walked into my son's childcare, apart from the chocolate doll, there's not really much else that kind of reflects who he is. And I wanted him to feel like he's just one of the kids and therefore there can be a poster with a little boy with an afro, a little girl with cornrows um, that he could identify with. Yeah. If you listen only to the media... Melbourne is in the grip of African gang crimes. Mm-hmm. How does that kind of coverage impact on you and your family? Um, I think that coverage is very, very unhelpful, really. I, it's very disappointing that the Australian media, a, a lot of, especially like some talkback shows and things, have chosen to, to paint all African people um, at, with one brush when there are societal ills or people who are not great in all kind of, you know, um, cultures and backgrounds. They come in different flavors. But um, recently, yes, there has been a lot of emphasis on African gangs. And I am a, I'm a chocolate mom. My husband's chocolate. I have a chocolate son. And I use chocolate because I don't want to use black or, or white 
or whatever. I milk chocolate. There are people who are dark cocoa and all these different variations. Um, but obviously, I, I and my friends are all chocolate and we're walking around and we're supposed to feel safe. And we, we don't walk around representing the African continent, of which there's a whole lot. I think there are 54 countries. But suddenly if someone's being naughty or being really bad in society, suddenly they are our representative, which is disappointing. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm trying to raise a son who is proud of his heritage and understands that, you know, there are bad people in all parts of society and not to have that define who he is. Yeah. Well, um, I nominate you now as the official ambassador for all of Africa. Um, we'll just use you as our um, role model, apart from the bad examples. We'll, we'll take a good one. We'll use you. How about that? Pick one. Yeah, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tia, thank you so much for speaking with us about this. It sounds like it's a really much needed resource and, and hopefully you'll get the support to keep it going. That would be amazing. And I'm, I'm still putting my five cent or however much lotto gods. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll win lotto and yeah, it'll be it'll be available to all the, the cultures out there. But thank you very much for the time um, and, you know, sh- shining some light on this little chocolate corner and making sure that everyone knows <laughs> we are not all bad. You're you know? not all bad. No. Well, yeah, you're the representative yeah. now, so you're all good. <laughs> all right. If we're going to be right. like the media. Thank you so right. much for your time. You're all right. Thanks, Siobhan. That's GP and mum Tia Mohai. And for links to Lasika Rights, head to our website. It's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.